When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Wrestling Inc. Wake up for the last time of the wink. It is the Wink Lee. I am your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and uh, I love the final show of the week. What a great way. Early start to your weekend here on a Thursday. Give yourself a three-day weekend. Just don't go to work tomorrow. Don't do your job. Put it all on the line. What do you got to? What do you got to risk, uh, Rick? I'm talking directly to you, Rick, right now to start at the top of the show. All right, and with that, it's uh, it's time for me to introduce my co-host here for Thursday, Fun Thursday, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkley. I'd like to see a collection of posts on social media of the Winkley listeners telling us how they listen. Is are they driving to work? Are they tuning out their boss? Are they tuning out their teacher? Are they tuning out their significant other? Oh. Uh, are they jogging? Like I'd love to know what they're doing. Great call. Great call. Yes, send those pics. Use the hashtag weekly. You know, here's the thing is I feel bad because today for the first time, I actually wrote into the, the run sheet. Let's do a mailbag later in the show. Right. And then I went and looked and I was like, you never engage this. So nobody uses it. So I've written it in here to my Thursday run sheet. So there's a mailbag segment written in now. It's official. So we'll officially start it next week. If it, And I will encourage questions, topics of conversation, anything you want to hear Justin and I talk about it at the end of the show next Thursday, I can promise you I'll actually bring it up because I wrote it into the run sheet this time. I did it with the intention of doing it. I feel like a failure, you know? And if it's on the run sheet, it's official. I have to remind myself about everything, Justin. Literally everything. And, and like uh, like uh, with uh, WWE, press coverage. I always have to write into my calendar, here's when to write WWE for Raw tickets. And uh, that came through this morning. So I'll be at Raw this Monday in Chicago covering uh, the latest show. Back-to-back. Back. You last week, this uh, me next week. Exciting times. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Justin, we are having a, we're having a ball here right now. And uh, we got a big show to close the, sh- uh, close the week here this week. Uh, my first interview this, uh, this week or this Thursday that we're going to play later in the show is with former WWE World Champion Jack Swagger coming hot off his first Bellator victory, uh, looking to go into his second fight now. Uh, really enjoyed this chat, so we'll hear from Jack Swagger later in the show. And also, I got to talk, and I teased this one yesterday, but I got to talk to brand new, uh, re, re, brand new, newly re-signed Impact Wrestling star Jake Christ from OVE. Uh, Jake comes on. We talk about signing with Impact and uh, what it's like to take the penis plex from Joey Ryan. That's how we close the interview. So you got to stick around for that. Oh my goodness, it's very good. You know, you should you should send that clip to Jim Cornette. I already sent it to a couple people. I intended to Cornette, but I've, I've definitely taken that clip. I'll send you a copy of it, too. There's like the last two minutes and 20 seconds of the interview with Jake Chris later in the show. If you're not on the ground just losing your mind laughing, I think that you don't have a funny bone in your body. It's great. You know, it's great. You're going to like it. Um, there's also something I wanted to plug here at the top of the show um, that uh, just dropped yesterday. I meant to dro- I mentioned it yesterday. 
but uh, our good friend Mustafa Ali from WWE, uh, there was a new installment of The Secret Lives of Muslims dropped uh, by Splinter yesterday, where they take a look at different American Muslims and you know what they're doing in their communities. And it's, a, it's only three and a half minutes long. I really encourage you to go check it out. Um, this is this is the Ali that I've spoken to. This is the most organic I've seen him. And he talks about how, you know, when he started as a wrestler, he kind of got pigeonholed in a terrorist gimmick, right? And how that how he struggled with that uh, as a Muslim American and uh, grew into the, the superstar he is now. Just a very well done piece. I think you I think you dig it, Justin. Yeah, I mean, that's a I mean, that's a very real topic because that's a, I mean, that's that's totally a thing. I mean, I mean, you know, dude. Yes. You know, I mean, it, it's been shown in wrestling that if you, if your skin is any of any shade of brown, you're uh, you're uh, always subject to potentially be, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, Muhammad Hassan, one of the probably the, the character at least since the Iron Sheik that pushed the envelope the most with the the, the Middle Eastern, um, you know, foreign gimmick, and he the guy that played him was Italian. Yeah, <laughs> true. I mean, I mean, even the Davaris, well, not like. Well, no, Sean Devari was with Muhammad Hassan. He was a terrorist for sure. He started off as a terrorist. What's what's one of that's one of those things about the wrestling business that I thought was um, it's never talked about, but it was kind of just captured in the movie The Wrestler was the fact that Randy the Rams, you know, he, you know he's you know he's portrayed as you know he's the, obviously he was a big star in the '80s, is now you know 20 years later trying to you know re, you know still just survive in the, in the wrestling business, and his big foe from 20 years earlier was. Uh, was you know what was it was the was the the, the, the the turban wearing terrorist type gimmick? I think he was called the Sheik. I think they just called the him Sheik, something like I that. I think I think you're right. I, that's what I thought. And, and he was played by Ernest the, the Cat Miller. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. It just it just yeah. it just kind of captured the, it just kind of captured the, the stereotyping of of, of 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 wrestling characters. Yeah, and I just that's why I say this. It's a great piece. It's a very poignant piece. I think at this time where we are uh, evolving in the pro wrestling business. So it's called the Secret Lives of Muslim uh, Muslims. Uh, Splinter just put it out. It features Mustafa Ali talking about his journey to become who he is right now in the pro wrestling business. And I just think you guys will really like it. Three and a half minutes. Seriously. It's uh, it's something you can do uh, during commercial break for something. Uh, oh no, no. The- his name his name was the Ayatollah and the wrestler. Uh, no, the Ayatollah. The, the, I- sorry, sorry. There, there, there's always a new Ayatollah in the wings. That's what Homer Simpson said, right? Never mind. Well, if, if I didn't correct it, then somebody would use the hashtag Winkley and correct me. I just came. To me. Oh, there you go. Uh, all right, you know, and on that, I'm going to flip up the the run sheet here just a little bit because while we're on the topic of like defined stereotypes and you know Mustafa Ali going against the grain. Uh, on Busted Open Radio yesterday, Tom Phillips made an interesting comment. He said, Kofi Kingston, if he's going to go heads up with Daniel Bryan, should main event WrestleMania if he gets a WWE world title shot. And I and it's just weird because I'd never thought about that. Like, I thought it was a given Brock, Brock versus Seth, the women's triple threat. But, man, when I sat and thought about it, Justin, Kofi Kingston, if he rides this organic, I mean, he's the people's, he, he's the one. Be- Becky, her story's gotten a little weird. But Kofi... It's just been a fun ride to the top. You know what I mean? And, you know, we talk about defying, uh, you know, stereotypes and everything. Kofi here um, would be the first African, African-American champion in many, many years um, since The Rock, I guess. So I, I, I think there's some merit to it. What do you think about the idea of Kofi main eventing uh, WrestleMania possibly? Well, first off, the topic of um, the lack of uh, black champions in WWE does come up. I, I mean, I, I regularly do see it as a, as a topic that comes up uh, more often than not from right. uh, black fan, black, you know, black viewers. Um, 
And, and Kofi even kind of alluded to it in the promo. I actually went back and watched the promo again with him and Vince, and, and he, he obviously never said black, he never said race, but there was a point where he said to Vince, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember verbatim, but he said something to the effect of, you know, you don't let people like me. Yep. You know, and, and I think that was, you know, um, I'll say this. I think most of us are expecting Becky to win. And obviously Becky has won the championship before. So it's not like it's her first win. I mean, it will be the payoff after what has been yeah weird, but it has been again, a very, you know, a story that's been running for, I mean, for quite a while. So again, it's got investment behind it. It would be obviously groundbreaking to see. It wouldn't be the first time the women are main eventing a pay-per-view. We've obviously seen that quite a bit now, but obviously main eventing WrestleMania, the pay-per-view that would be special. While she is the more predictable, we assume winning, we don't know if Kofi Kingston, or A, he's not even officially in the match, but we're pretty sure he's going to get added to the match. And even when he does that, I don't think that there's a lot that he wins. I think it's still like, okay, they've given him this much, but Brian still might be the guy who they want to just keep running with. Yeah, because so like we it said, we, they, be... got, they got Brian and Miz in the wings, right? It's, it's tailor-made. Why would you put the belt on Kofi? I, good point. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So, so yeah. it's, not, it's, it's not the most predictable. So it, he, he would be the biggest shock value if he won. Um, it would be groundbreaking. I mean, you know, you can play from the from the uh, the race standpoint, but it would just be ground. It would just be big deal because Kofi's put in his time as as illustrated. So, you know, I don't hate it. I really don't. Um, I, I, I I I'll say this: I don't hate it, and I'm not going to say it won't happen. But still, as I stand, as I sit here right now, if it's not the women that goes on last, I still see it being Brock Lesnar. Yeah, if it's not the women. And that match with Brock and, and Seth could go like one of two ways. It could be like a, a classic bout here between Brock and Seth, or it could just be, it could just be Seth beating Brock very quickly, right, and slaying the beast in a decisive manner, or Brock Lesnar destroys Seth Rollins. It's like one of those three options, right? Um, but I, I think it's, a, I, I mean, I would like to think Seth Rollins is going to take this title at WrestleMania. It. Seems like it's time for Brock to, to finally drop the title, right? Move on. Ah, uh, we we thought that last year. We thought Brock was losing, right? <laughs> I know. That's a, so. Like, is the is the Kofi match then the least predictable? Because like you know, in the back of my head, I I think the same thing about Brock matches. I'm like, he, you know what? He might just murder Seth Rollins at WrestleMania and and give everybody the finger and leave. You know, I don't know. I'll say this, but again, between again, assuming Kofi's in the match. Between the, the WWE title match, the Universal title match, and the uh, Raw women's title match, all three do. They, I think it's crucial that all three get separated. I think, I think you build the show around those three. I think you need one of those matches needs to be the first match. Starting WrestleMania is very important. One of them needs to be the, the, the start. One of them needs to be the clear cut uh, halfway point, and one of them obviously needs to be an event. Um, I think that's how you build a show to keep it balanced is you build around the three, you know, make it like a tripod. Those are the three legs of the tripod that are holding the show up. And also because all three of those matches could have very big moments. Um, and, and so you want to make sure all three of them get their own time and aren't, aren't stepping on the other one. You know, and I don't think it's a given that Becky wins the women's triple threat either. You know, Charlotte is the dark horse here. And, you know, when I, wa- when I look at Becky's success, you know, I have to remind myself sometimes Becky is as popular as she is. Becky is the man because Charlotte Flair bent over backwards to put her over for months across multiple pay-per-views um, to get her to get her as hot as she is. So I, I don't know if there wouldn't be a reward uh, for that either. You know what I mean? I disagree. I, I, but not, not that not that Charlotte doesn't have a uh, not that Charlotte hasn't been important to this whole thing. But if you were to ask me, 
between the again assuming Kofi's in the WWE title match between the between these three title matches that we're talking about, if you were to ask me which one I feel is the most surefire outcome, to me I feel most comfortable and confident saying that Becky Lynch winning is uh, you know I, it's, it's, I think it's a toss up between Brock and Seth to some degree. Okay. And and obviously the WWE title match can be somewhat of a toss up there. So I, I think Becky's the to me is the most sure thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. And you know again I'll go back to where we started here. Kofi possibly main eventing. I mean you know WrestleMania going off with the Kofi Kingston up on the New Day's shoulder. Shoulders, I mean, it's a good visual. It's a very fun, sure. very positive feeling, a different spin there on, on groundbreaking type uh, thing you can do at the main event of WrestleMania. You know? I don't know. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. I agree. I wouldn't hate it if it's last. I, I, I wouldn't hate it. Again, it's, it is probably the least predictable. It is weird to me, and I didn't even realize this when I decided to mix up the run sheet here, that the transition into this talking point was me talking about Mustafa Ali, who went down injured, and now that's why we have Kofi Kingston. What a What a weird train of thought that is. Um, all right, let's flip back here. Now, I'm going to say something. The NXT tapings last night uh, happened. Um, Chelsea Green uh, broke her wrist mid-match in her debut match at Full Sail. First of all, let's start there. Very sad uh, to hear about Chelsea Green. First match in front of the Full Sail crowd out with a, a break in her wrist there. Yeah, unfortunate. I don't know what the timetable of that would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, she uh, I, and I, she's she's somebody I, I'm a fan of. Uh, talented. She's 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 a uh, she can play a great character as we saw in Impact, and you know she's finally got herself uh, to WWE after having done some cameo and one-off appearances in WWE in the past. Uh, so it was unfortunate. I mean, I guess, but if you know, uh, yeah, but better to be a wrist injury than something more severe. Right. Um, that that would put her out at a even even greater timetable and something that's harder to rehab from. Yeah, she's uh you know she's had some time in the business now. I'm sure she'll be able to to rebound from this hopefully. Um, but then yeah, now the other thing here is a spoiler, and I don't really do spoilers on the show, Justin, and I and I put it in here, um, because it is big news, but it doesn't happen till next week. It involves what the future of the, the WWE NXT Championship is and, and what that match will be at, at Takeover. Now, should we talk about it or should we wait till next week? Uh, well, I mean. I mean, I, I, our opinions probably aren't going to change till next week, and we can just, you know, I mean, we can wait. I don't know. Okay. Like, yeah. I feel like we should it's wait. Kind of, it's, right? Yeah, I feel like we should wait because that because then if we tell people we're going to talk about it, and then we got to make them like track through X amount of minutes. We don't know how many minutes we're going to spend on it. I feel like yeah. it's just. You know. I wrote it in. I wrote it in, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. And now we're here at this point where I'm like leaning over the cliff, and I'm like, do we go there? And I guess we should. We we, we might as well wait because. Um, because who knows what we'll learn in the next six to seven days that might okay. add to our, our add to our opinions. Because especially with all the crossover between NXT, Raw, and SmackDown, uh, I, just wait. Just okay. Save it for now. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. If you are on the hook, if you're like, damn it, Nick and Justin, just tell me what I want to hear. Uh, we're not going to tell you. But we happen to be a part of WrestlingInc.com where those results are there in full. There's actually full NXT spoilers uh, involving what happened with this. Uh, the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Tournament Classic. All the full spoilers. They're They're there. Go check out uh, the spoilers on WrestlingInc.com. Wow, that became kind of like a nice 60-second plug for the site. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of what we did with that, Justin. Man, I mean, changing the run sheet, and, and we're doing better changing the run sheet than WCW ever did. Now we're, like, working in organic plugs. Like, it's, it's like, I, I, I would almost dare to call us professional. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about some professionals here. Let's get back on track. 98.5's Wrestling Inside the Ropes talked to Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Dolph said that he has been working on a handshake agreement for the past two years with WWE. This agreement has allowed him to do outside projects. Now, 
this jive, I mean, how this jives with a lot of stuff we've heard about Dolph, but I mean, a handshake agreement, that's pretty unusual to hear somebody comment on an agreement with WWE like that. Well, and, you know, stemming off of yesterday's topic, I mean, is this going to get lost in translation? Mm-hmm. Um, like, is it actually in handshake agreement? You know, I mean, like, I mean, you know, by the true definition, handshake agreement means like there's hardly nothing in there's or hardly nothing or nothing in writing, which that would seem to be a pretty dangerous situation for WWE these days, all things considered. So, yep. um, yeah. you know, and the fact that he's now publicly saying that, like, is it a handshake agreement or are you just like coming up with just a, a piece of paper that's good for every three months of a contract? Like, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I believe him in the sense of, yeah, I've noticed obviously he's been able to do a lot of outside stuff. That's that we, we know that about him. And I, and I believe the sense of it's kind of a, Hey, we'll check back in in another eight to 12 weeks and see if we want to remain the same, because obviously we've seen him like pop up, he stops and goes, he disappears for a few weeks. Like, so that makes sense. But like, Again, are you is he is he literally on a handshake only? I mean, that was something that was like '80s and '90s kind of stuff, and we saw how guys could get burned jumping yeah. around via that. So I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if lost in translation is there or what. But here's 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 you know just some you know let's from a historical perspective remember the debut episode of Monday Nitro. How did that episode? How that episode end, Justin? Well, but that that wasn't even a. I don't think well uh, yeah Lex Luger shows up on Nitro but that was just a case of Lex was on like a handshake agreement with WWE he didn't have it in writing that's like the whole story of that I see I thought that his I thought that uh, okay so so maybe maybe we're both right but we're so I my understanding was the day before the Sunday the day before his actual contract on writing expired so yeah. are you so it so it, but he had it, told WWE he had, uh, from what okay, I gather okay. he had told WWE I intend okay. on continuing okay. to do business or something like that okay yeah okay so yeah so contract ended they assumed that he'd be there for the next week and he wasn't he showed up on okay right so whether it's 24 hours of being on a handshake agreement or 24 months i think is irrelevant right the idea is that one party seems to be under the impression you know and it kind of smacks of some you know i don't know what chris's business is like but chris jericho you know definitely at certain points i'm sure caught other entities wwe off guard with some of the, the choices he was making Right, because he had the freedom to do that. Dolph Ziggler is a kind of like a Chris Jericho type in many ways, with the way he likes to to handle his outside projects. I'm just saying, into double or nothing. Pac Adam, uh, Pac and uh, Hangman Page wrap up their bout, and all of a sudden, Dolph Ziggler just walks out at the top of the ramp, applauding. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of stuff that you know we can reasonably think about at this point. If this guy's under an actual handshake agreement, like he said, you know. That's what I mean, because I mean handshake agreements. You 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 are assuming that there's no non competes or whatever with them, right? Right. So yeah. So anyway, all right. Uh, talking about AEW, uh, Jim Ross uh, looks like he could be headed that direction. We know that. He, well, he confirmed recently that he's working on a new podcast project that's going to replace the current Jim Ross report. It'll be with Conrad, so Jim Ross will now also be under the Conrad umbrella. But of course, he also announced that he's going to be leaving WWE later this month. Uh, he's going to be parting ways with them. Um, and he recently filed for a trademark using his business entity, Black Hat Enterprises, LLC. Uh, the trademark he applied for is The Voice of Wrestling. Great trademark. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just the latest behind-the-scenes movements here of Jim Ross. He seems like he's, I mean, with this kind of stuff, definitely moving away from WWE, you know? When I read the headline, when I read the headline that he was fi- uh, filing for a trademark, I assumed that it would be something to the effect of, like, Slobberknocker or like some of the things that like he's become known for, like just you know Jim Ross isms on the air. 
um, you know, business is about to pick up. Like I thought it would be that. I, so, I mean, I certainly, I could see how he could apply the voice of wrestling to marketing and, and sure. And, 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 and merchandising and what have you. But I, I thought it would be a little bit more Jim Ross gimmicky than, than just a moniker. I mean, but that's a very prestigious title. The voice of wrestling. I, I like the ring of it, you know? Oh, no. I mean, without, I mean, without a doubt, if, if he actually uh, secures, if he actually has the trademark secured, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if, again, if you're a, uh, an AEW and you're trying to get a familiar voice and face to a wrestling audience on your mainstream television platform and being able to dub, being able to dub AEW um, ho- you know, every week on whatever, whatever channel hosted by the voice of wrestling. Jim yes. Ross. I mean, yeah. That's, pa- that's powerful for sure. Yes, totally. Ah, uh, and I, I, yeah, I mean, all, all signs would seem to point it's going that direction, but you know, again, it's just, just dots on a map. Uh, all right, lastly here, uh, Randy Orton brought up Dixie Carter in his promo against AJ Styles on SmackDown, saying that while he was, whatever, playing Madison Square Garden, AJ Styles was tanning with Dixie Carter down in Florida. Well, Dixie Carter did not take well to that. She tweeted to uh, Randy Orton, uh, AJ Styles and I uh, never had to tan as we are always golden. My historical recollection is different than yours, Randy Orton. Hashtag SD Live. Woohoo! Dixie Carter getting in the mix here with Randy Orton and, and uh, AJ Styles. Do you think they pull her into a TV? I don't think it's out of the question. Oh, I'd love I, that. I, I mean, because, I mean, let's just look at the, what we know. First off, uh, she appeared on the WWE Network uh, in the past. Oh, uh, yeah. I think, was it was it Kurt Angle's piece? She or? did, yeah. She did Kurt's piece, yeah. You know, so she's appeared, so they've acknowledged her. Uh, obviously, Randy wouldn't have gone out and said that line. Without, I mean, you know, that was, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was, a, that was a planned thing. So they, they, they proved that. Um, you know, she used the hashtag SD Live. So she played along with what WB wants with hashtag. I mean, she has no allegiance or affiliation with any other company now. They, you know, they're, 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 they're acknowledging, they, they've acknowledged TNA in so many, in so many ways and, and, and AJ's past. So, you know, the way they came out shooting from the hip, as we like to say, uh, you know, the work shoot, even I hate the work shoot term, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's impossible. I, I don't. It, it's it's more possible now than it ever was. That you can maybe see her pop up for some for uh, for a a cameo to help further the story. I mean, is she a baby face? Right. Well, it, she's well, well, yeah. I mean, AJ Styles is the baby face in this, so she's obviously going to be on his side of things. So, wow. I guess the I guess the question is, and you know, again, if they approve Randy saying the line, they assume that enough people would know who he's referencing and who she is that it that it made sense to do so i guess you could then justify that if she showed up obviously the commentators would acknowledge who she is but i guess it was assume okay hey, enough people know who she is this makes sense for this one week or you know whatever it is to i, I don't know i don't know what she does though you know what i mean because it's not you know i mean aj styles is, is a wwe guy now he's a former wwe champion so it's not like you want it to be like wwe versus tna so to speak i, I guess that's the thing it's like what exactly would she do if she I don't, did appear? But it's I, not out of the question. I, I kind of dig the idea of playing into AJ's history with TNA because you don't want to call it Impact, I guess, right? You would call it TNA. But, I mean, think of all the people you could work into this, right? You got Abyss, Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode. I mean, if you really well, want, if you really wanted to play with AJ's Impact or TNA history, you you could. You, there's a lot there, you know. Yeah, I mean, if, if I was to book it right now, I'm just I'm talking. I'm booking as I'm talking. I would do something to the effect of keep this going between the two. Obviously, they're going to keep building each week. Have Randy Orton continue to badmouth where AJ Styles has been and, and where he was while Orton was succeeding in WWE. Have, like, a Jeff Jarrett come out and say, oh, Jeff, yeah. you know, I've been in this business for X amount of years. I worked with your father. My father worked with your father. 
Um, and I can, you know, so you're going to, and I know talent and, you know, I don't know, just, you know, you could, you could bring some people since you have them now in house. You could even, I mean, they're on two different brands. You could have Kurt Angle show up and, and say, you know, Randy, I have a lot of respect for you. We've, we've, we've been in the ring together and I'm telling you, you know, don't, don't underestimate AJ Styles just because it took him longer to get here. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a former WWE World Champion and the man who is now 1-0 in Bellator. He'll face heavyweight TJ Jones at Bellator 221, May 11th, in my backyard here of Chicago, Illinois, at the Allstate Arena. It's Jack Swagger. Jack, welcome to the Winkley. Hey, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Now, uh, tell me, how are you feeling here, uh, going 1-0 in Bellator? Where's your mind at right now? Oh man, I'm I'm very excited for what the future holds. Uh, being one and zero after leaving a job, a dream job at, at such a big company, and going it on my own way, I, I feel pretty good. I feel vindicated, like I made the right decision to uh, invest in myself and and take the risk. Um, and right now, I think uh, I feel thankful that I got this, the same great team around me and. Uh, here in about a week or so, we're going to get back in there to the two-a-days and to the fight camp, and it's a really exciting time right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for you, man. I remember you said that Vince McMahon's advice to you before the fight was just don't make sure you lose, right? Um, have yeah. You, have you had a chance to, to chat with Vince since you won? Has he congratulated you? Oh, yeah. He sent me, you know, about a $10,000 check in the mail congratulating me. Uh, I tore it up. You know, I said, this is chump change, Vince. Uh, sent him a video tearing up the check back to him. You know, little little fun games like that. I don't believe I'm, you. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't had a chance to uh, to speak uh, since the fight. Uh, but telepathically, I, I feel his well wishes. Good. Well, you know, it, you did win. Now, is this for you? Are you trying to pursue a full-time MMA career, or is this a chance for you to go pick up some wins, show some dominance, and come back to the negotiating table with a little more firepower for another WWE run or a run elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's a really unique time right now where both professional wrestlers and uh, mixed martial artists, pro fighters, uh, they're very popular. And, uh, you know, we've always been, uh, you know, low man at the totem pole when it comes to the negotiating table you know we need that big l we need that leverage and so uh this is really cool how it worked out almost a perfect storm of events that came through um to not only help me personally with my family and at home but like uh professionally so much and giving me a whole new avenue where i can uh you know uh, market my brand and uh, really pursue some great things. It's God, I feel so thankful for it. Uh, you know, I can't really say enough about it. You know, pro wrestling and MMA have really helped each other. And one definitely makes, uh, makes me better at the other. Did you, uh, is there anything you learned from pro wrestling that actually helped you, you feel like as an MMA fighter or to make that transition? Well, one, you definitely just need that experience in front of a crowd. Um, and 
the more you're out there, the more comfortable you are, the more relaxed you are. So when you're fighting in front of a crowd, uh, you're controlling your nervous system, uh, your emotions aren't getting out of hand. And bottom line is you're not wasting that energy. So you're conserving energy that you can use for explosiveness or, you know, for a long grueling fight. Um, so it's like things like that, that really help. Um, and then definitely backstage, anything with television, uh, I rely on pro wrestling, my background, whether I'm doing an interview on a morning show or whether I'm fighting, uh, you know, on Bellator at night, I re I relate to my 12 years of live television experience, uh, you know, to work on like, Hey, you got six minutes. Okay. We're going to be up in 20 minutes, you know, learning how to warm up and be ready at a certain time and to stay warm when it goes short or goes long. Um, it's really, really incredible. And then the way to handle the media, uh, so many years of media training, uh, just made the whole week and the whole thing seem really easy and fun. And so by the time I was out there, um, I, I didn't care that it was my, it was my first fight. I was stress free because I felt like I I just knew where I was. I, I felt like I'd been in the spot a million times. How has it been working with Bellator? I mean, are they receptive to to some of your ideas? Have you had our truth bring you out to the ring for your last fight? That seems like a very creative thing. I mean, are they are they open to that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, they they have been great to work with. Um, since I left the company, I knew that I was going to go to MMA. I mean, that's the main reason why I left. Um, and really, it was Bellator the whole time who we were negotiating with, and they were great. They understood the um, the rise of the independent pro wrestling scene and how I, uh, you know, I had so much opportunity out there to go out there and capitalize on the twelve year career uh on television for the wwe and so they were great with working with me um originally we were scheduled to fight in april of 2018 but we got busy with lucha underground and uh overseas uh shows that uh like i was like i was wrestling so much i couldn't train near possibly enough and they were great and we pushed it back and uh they've been they've been really uh you know uh, open to anything i had to say uh I asked for 50 cent and they said I could have our truth, which I got the better deal. You didn't get a 50 cents. You got a dollar bill and our truth. He's twice <laughs> as good. Twice as good. Man, didn't he look like a star out there? I was so proud of, of my dog and I can't say it enough how cool it is to like, you know, he's one of the first people I told that I was going to leave the company and you know why. And, you know, we said back then that, hey, when I when I go and fight, you know, you're going to be performing my entrance song. And, you know, we would get goosebumps riding in the car down the road. Like, man, that's so cool. And, uh, you know, it was almost a two year journey to get to that period where we could make it happen. And it, you know, I just like I said, I feel very thankful and very lucky that it did happen. It was a lot of hard work and a lot of great people around me to, to get to that point. But, man, to have one of my best friends in this world be there for my MMA de debut after trying to cross over. Um, pretty cool. Uh, definitely something I'll take with me uh, and put up there with uh, being managed by Zab or winning a World Heavyweight Championship. Now, tell me a little bit about your friendship with R-Truth. I know you say he's one of your best friends. You guys seem like a bit of an odd couple pairing. I mean, what, do you, what bonded you two? How did you guys become so close? Uh, I mean... It was years and years of uh, riding together on the road. Um, 
it started off as we were uh, booked on the same shows and then we just got to know each other and we had a uh, similar, uh, similar friends and, um, just, you know, through experiences that we had over, over the last 12 years, uh, really solidified each other in each other's lives and our kids lives you know it's uncle ronnie to my kids it's it's a, a very special relationship uh i really can't put a finger on one thing but you know i'm a, I'm a good guy to be around and i think you just recognize that he's like jake you're awesome let me just grab a take towards you and he just started imitating me a lot and i was <laughs> like all right dog you can copy me you can copy my swag a little bit um no but uh, very cool um i could tell you one of the reasons why we hang out a lot but uh, we can't talk about that oh that's a bummer well well i guess we'll figure out the secret sauce one day you know um (laughs) you you mentioned uh, your time in lucha underground i'm interested uh do you know have you heard anything about a season five are you optimistic about the the continuation of lucha underground I, I mean, I, I was in 2018. I was very optimistic uh, about it, but I uh, haven't heard anything since we wrapped filming back in April. So it's just like, it, it's very cool when it comes around. Um, but like sitting around and trying to wait for it and plan for it isn't cool. Um, especially like when it's just like cricket, nobody really knows. So I, it's kind of on the on the back burner right now. I was very happy to be a part of season four, and I'm still the current Lucha Underground Heavyweight Champion. So yep. you know the line starts here. It just got a little bit longer, I'm sure. Uh, but great place to work. But I'm tired of sitting around and waiting on them. Yeah, I mean, there have been reports about talent who have been restricted on on taking bookings elsewhere because of uh, their Lucha Underground contract. Is that something that's affected you at all? No, uh, my my sister's a great lawyer, and she handles all my contracts. And um, we've actually had like some of the wrestlers go through her to uh, straighten out anything. And it hasn't been very hard. It hasn't been like a you know a big back and forth type deal. I think the contract was written a certain way, and they just wanted it amended before anything else happened, to my understanding. But I, I'm not that close with it, but no, I haven't had any problems with it. Uh, Tessa Hager, if you guys need any uh, contract help, she's awesome. There you go. Uh, well, you do have this next big fight here at TJ Jones, Bellator 221. Um, how are you feeling about taking on TJ? How are you having to adjust your training to get ready for him? Yeah, so we're so next week will be 11 weeks out. Um, I would say like 10 weeks out, nine weeks out for sure. We're back at the two-a-days, back in the fight camp, uh, really game planning and strategizing. Um, this is, uh, like, my second full week uh, practicing. Six, I think we're going to do six days this week and then adding the running to it. Um, I'm really excited. It's a very addictive feeling getting your hand raised in there. It really is. Everyone says that beforehand, but until you get in there, you just don't know. Uh, I completely lost my cool. I was, I was telling myself, like, don't, you know, everybody freaks out when they win. Act like you've been there before. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I lost my cookies. It was, it was awesome. And uh, it's, it was a great rush. and It's very addicting. And so I definitely want to get back there again. And I'm very eager to get back to work because of that feeling. Um, TJ is a big guy, big, tall guy. Uh, he's a boxer. He's, so he's going to have hands. And I'm going to have to act accordingly, um, you know. Uh, adjust to what I do best, get them up against the fence and get them down on the mat. 
There you go. Uh, now, if you uh, now if when I guess I'll be optimistic here. You you roll through TJ Jones here. I mean, you'll be two and zero. I mean, do you plan on going deeper down the rabbit hole of MMA? Would that be enough to get you on the hook where you're like, man, I got to take this right now? Or is two and zero? Is that something that would just make you happy and again give you that leverage to go back to a negotiating table and dive deeper back into pro wrestling? Um, I think I, I I think I can commit to a little bit more than that. I'm uh, I'm confident in what we built, and I'm confident that I can continue to uh, have success as I move up the ranks. Um, you know, a lot of hard work in between that, but you got to have confidence, otherwise, you know, you can't get into this. It's a it's a good question though, because um, it's a it's a fine uh, fine fine line i would say you know everyone's very excited about jack swagger jake hager right now because he crossed over and he won uh you know that can go away very fast you know a a loss here or uh you know something else and you know all that hard work is down the drain so it's right now i just want to stay focused and uh you know stay to the routine that uh worked for the first fight yeah, and, and the reason, of course, I ask, you know, if this would be enough for you to go back to the negotiating table, it's not just one table anymore. I mean, we're at a very vibrant time in, in pro wrestling. It's not just WWE. Also, of course, AEW is now in the room as well. Have you had any uh, talks with them? Have you made contact just to say, hey, how you doing? What are you guys up to over here? Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very good friends with a lot of those guys over there. I'm very good friends with Chris and Cody, um, and I've met the, the Bucks over the past two years since I, I left the company um it's, it's it's crazy kenny omega was at deep south wrestling with me in 2006 uh unsigned by the wwe he was there on his own accord trying to get signed going through hell like the rest of us um and so it's very cool to see the success that uh, these people have had and how they have done it it's, it's very impressive very professional and uh you really care about them. Um, you care about the, the characters that they portray and uh, you really want to, you know, hate them at times and, and then really like them at times. And so I, uh, I talked to them, uh, you know, you know, sporadically uh, we haven't, we haven't brought up any, uh, anything uh, so far It's just kind of been congratulations, uh, patting each other on the back type of deal. I got you. That's cool. It's just, it's a fun time. I mean, you're really a commodity. You know, I saw you, I actually called your match against Del Rio here in Chicago at Warrior Wrestling um, when we, uh, when they launched that promotion here about a year ago, a lot of AEW. That was a great show. That, dude, well, let's talk, let's put Warrior Wrestling over here a little bit. They pitted you against Del Rio. He had Ricardo Rodriguez in his corner, a literal WrestleMania rematch here, uh, Sans Zeb. Uh, how, how, how did it feel to work for Warrior? Are you surprised by how well they came out of the gate right away? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I was. Um, I'm very new to the independent scene, so I don't know that much about um, that many promotions. And so it was a steep learning curve uh, for me uh, switching over. Uh, I was super impressed with Warrior. Uh, it was a great facility. It was a great crowd. I mean, there was like standing room only, which is always uh, a bonus when you're one of the performers and it just remember, I just remember going by so fast. So that means it was a lot of fun. Um, and so, uh, 
definitely a promotion to look out for for great content great wrestling and uh great uh performances yeah another great place to work you know it's it's interesting right now obviously you took a gamble leaping away from like you said your dream job in wwe off into this new career path in mma but there's a lot of guys right now it seems like uh from reports that have been asking for their releases being granted their releases i mean what do you take of the the recent rash of WWE talent seeking greener pastures possibly elsewhere? Uh, it's very exciting time because, you know, not since um, I was in seventh grade have professional wrestlers that had um, no other options, uh, no disrespect to anyone who went to Impact or TNA, but it just, as far as like supplementing your income and having uh, you know, some a paycheck that you can rely on. They weren't that, and so um, it's very exciting right now to see that. To see that there is so much life. Yeah. Not that there is life outside of WWE. There's so much life outside of WWE. Um, I think that's going to make WWE again step up their game, their programming, their storylines, and the wrestlers are definitely going to respond to that backstage. I think it's going to be awesome. Um. Do, does AEW need to compete with WWE? No, but they just need to be a great place to come wrestle and to come watch wrestling. You know, there was a surprising name on top of the wrestlers that got released uh, last week, and that was Arn Anderson uh, from Backstage. I didn't know if you uh, could tell us a little bit about what it was like to work with Arn in a backstage capacity in WWE and if you were surprised by his release. Um, surprised, yes, by it. Um, but at the same time, no, not surprised. Uh, I know he's a smart man and he saved his money. So I kind of just figured like, you know, good for him. He, he can step back for, for some kind of period or amount. Uh, I love Arn Anderson. I don't think you'll find a wrestler that worked with the WWE with him. Uh, that won't say that just an amazing, uh, person, just good hearted, good people to be around, sincere honest cares about you i mean you can just drop it right there at honest really because in the entertainment business that's like the most rare thing there is um so and like and then i did and i'm not even talking about his wrestling and you know how he can what he brings to the table as far as a producer it's it's uh you know if there was a hall of fame for producing he'd definitely be up there he always had the big matches uh, with the with the big time, so um, his record speaks for itself. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if uh, he if he ends up wearing black and gold. Yeah, uh, that does seem to be the word on the street right now that they would uh, be interested in, in possibly bringing him on. But again, just speculation. We don't need to deal in speculation. Um, while I got you here, though, I want to ask you. You know, we talked a bit about Warrior. Um, there's another. Uh, independent show taking place WrestleMania weekend. I don't know if you have heard of this, have interest in this, have been contacted about this, but it's uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Are you familiar with what this show is? Yeah, yeah, they ran a show similar last WrestleMania, correct? Yeah, they did. And this show's got Frank Mir, uh, Tom Lawler, Phil Baroni. Um, I just feel like you'd be a layup in this mix. You know, I mean, have you talked to Josh at all? Are you not taking pro wrestling fights right now while you prep for, for Bellator? Contractually, it's 45 days before the fight, so I can't do anything Mania weekend. That's uh, too soon. Um, 
I don't know. Like right now, I feel like uh, the the first fight was such a success that if I uh, just really focus on MMA right now, that I can jump a lot of levels and uh, really get better to where I can get into the big money fights and back up, uh, back and back everything up. I got you. And uh, last question here I'll, I'll ask you about. Um, I had some fans that wanted me to ask you uh, about the, the CM Punk interaction where you uh, – he took issue with the fact you saying that he and Brock don't like to be hit. Have you talked to Punk? Have you guys cleared the air um, or anything like that? No, and I don't, I don't think it was one of those things where uh, it needed to be cleared because in that message he, he wished me well. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't think – it was that much of an issue or anything. Um, you know, I had so many questions, uh, from that week, asked me about Lesnar and asked me about punk. So it, it, it's just one of those things. It is what it is. Um, you know, he had a great response <laughs> as he always does. So it's, it's not one of those things that really needed to be cleared up. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Hey, uh, Jack, I want to thank you so much for the time. Uh, hopefully I can talk to you again after uh, the Bellator fight. Of course, I'll be here in Chicago, so there's a good chance I might actually be at the Allstate Arena for it. Um, and uh, is there anything else you want to leave everyone with, uh, possibly a place they can find you, follow you, all those good things? Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you for having me, Nick. I look forward to it. I'm glad that you're going to be there on in May. It's going to be a little bit of luck. Um Follow me on Instagram uh, and Twitter, Real Jack Swagger. Facebook under Jake Evil Hager. Uh, just trying that out. We'll have to do a survey or something. Um, but if you need a great at-home workout, you don't have time to go to the gym, uh, go to the CatalinaTechnique.com, and you'll find everything you need for great at-home fitness. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a man who has just re-signed with Impact Wrestling. It's a multi-year contract. Uh, he is a former Impact Wrestling tag team champion with Sammy, Sammy Callahan, and he's been uh, feuding recently on Impact Wrestling TV with Rich Swan, M- Willie Mack, and Tommy Dreamer. They got a six-man match this Friday on Impact. It's Jake Chris. Jake, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. What a great introduction. Thank you for that. No problem. It was I, awesome. I tried, you know, it, today was a busy day, so I, I really tried to script myself out as hard as possible because I knew my, bra- <laughs> my brain was not going to probably be working as fast as my mouth. So thank you for that. Hey, no, man, that was great. That was great. Where, where do we go from, from here? Good question, Jake. We're I feel like go. that was the top right there. We are <laughs> about to go on a verbal adventure. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. Let's start with the fact you've resigned with Impact before we get into all this stuff you're doing in the ring. Um, very exciting time for pro wrestling. Uh, why did you and Dave make the decision to resign with Impact? Well, uh, Impact has always been a home to us. I mean, like, they, they, gave, they always gave us the platform. They were the first ones to give us our chance, so why not uh, stay loyal? I, I know this business uh, is, isn't a loyal business, but, you know, we're loyal people. Uh, but that's awesome to hear. I mean, and Sammy, obviously, of course, is making his his home there as well. Um, did you guys talk to anybody else about maybe going elsewhere, or were you uh, always dead set on staying loyal to Impact Wrestling? Oh, we're just uh, we're always dead set staying uh, loyal to Impact. Like I said, I mean, they're the ones uh, that took the chance on uh, 
on my brother and I. So, I mean, why not, uh, why not keep rocking and rolling? Love the direction everything's going. I mean, we are literally taking over everything. I mean, look, Sammy Callahan, us, I mean, you'll see what, you'll see what's coming down the pike. Ultimate X, I mean, the list keeps going. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing time for me as a performer at impact wrestling. You know, I'll start there. You brought up ultimate X. I, I was very fortunate to sit ringside for homecoming in, in Nashville. And I got to watch you compete in a, in a stellar ultimate X match there. I mean, what was it like getting to, to make your debut in an ultimate X match there in the asylum, like the home of impact wrestling? It was nerve wracking. It was, uh, I, I, I can, uh, speak for every single one of us. And if they tell you otherwise, I look them straight in the face and tell them they're a liar. But uh, but uh, it was really I, I was nervous, I was nervous as hell. Uh, it was it was a green, it was a dream come true for sure. I mean, I mean that's where everything started for for Impact Wrestling, and just to be able to compete in uh, Ultimate X for the very first time was was very nerve wracking and. <laughs> Was also uh, anxious and excited. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're there and you've got the ropes in your hand and you're and you're going to the middle of the ring, I mean, are you having flash? Are you like, wow, AJ Styles looked at these ropes, Christopher Daniels looked at these ropes, that kind of stuff, you know? No, I I wasn't thinking any of that at all. To be completely honest, I was uh, just my <laughs> I have a uh, I had a broken thumb going into it, so I was just uh, trying to concentrate on my grip the whole entire time. It's like. Oh, let's get to this. Let's get to this title. I want to get. Let's get this belt. Let's get this title. Let's go. Oh my God! How's your thumb but, doing? Uh, that was just. Yeah. Sorry. I was just trying to concentrate on uh, on my grip and uh, you know, try try to make my way uh, across as fast as I could. Oh my God! How's your thumb doing? Uh, it's it's doing a lot better. Okay. Good. Any other injuries? I still I I'm still don't, I still don't have a. Uh, a very good grip, but uh, I'll manage. Okay, because you work a pretty intense style. You know, your style is really per. I mean, I think that you are one of the wrestlers right now that really defines X Division, you know, and not just Impact Wrestling, but in pro wrestling. You're a very versatile performer. I know you push yourself very hard. I mean, how is your body holding up right now? Body's holding up uh, tremendously, uh, despite all the damage and crazy bumps I take and I put through it. Uh, it's holding up pretty well. Yeah. I can't complain. Yeah. You're one of the wrestlers I hear from other wrestlers where they're like, I go to the curtain to watch a Jake Chris match. I mean, you really put yourself out there every time you hit the ring. You don't, you don't hold back. You know what I mean? No, I don't. Uh, Cause I live the, you never know what's going to happen. This could be my last match ever. That's how I, that's how I look at every single match. And it's the way I've always looked at it in the last, 16 years I've been doing this. Every time I've hit the squared circle and in between those ropes, I, I, I'm just straight ahead and, you know, uh, pedal to the metal. Yeah, well, uh, you're putting the pedal to the metal here as you guys roll in uh, to uh, United We Stand this uh, April in New York. Um, you, got, you are going to be in another Ultimate X match here at United We Stand, back-to-back. Um, what did you learn uh, from the first Ultimate X match that you're hoping to, you know, improve on here and bring into the second one? Well, the second one, uh, the the nerves isn't going to be there. I'll know exactly what to expect. I mean, when you first, when when you're standing on that top turnbuckle and you you jump and you reach for the uh, those ropes, 
I mean, it's it's like I said, it's very it's very nerve wracking. It's the very first time, very few times, or very few times that uh, you do it the first time. So coming to the second match, uh, I'm I'm completely ready, and I'll know what to expect. You know, it's interesting here because you're in these Ultimate X matches back to back. I mean, do you do you see yourself as becoming a, a focal point of the X Division? I mean, do you have your eyes set on X Division Gold? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but the, but the thing is, is we just want Rich Swan to come home to Ohio. We want him to come home. So the focus hasn't really been for me on the on the ultimate on the uh, X Division Championship. My 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 focus is Ultimate X April fourth. Okay. Now representing Impact Wrestling. Okay. Well, that's that's it. You yeah. know, a lot of wrestlers would say that their goal is to be the champion. Your attention is on Rich Swan. That was like kind of creepy transition. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm a little weirded out yeah. by, by the obsession. Absolutely. You, Rich Rich Swan's uh, one of our brothers. But he he doesn't. We've see got it that a way. long long history with Rich Swan. You want Rich Swan just needs to come home. He needs to come. He needs to come home. Could you uh, perhaps enlighten the listeners right now that may not know about the history between OVE and Rich Swan? Why there why there is so much there? Well, I mean, uh, Sammy has said it in the past that uh, he's taken Rich Swan up uh, from the gutter, sort of speak, and gave him a place to live. This was many, many years ago. I've I've traveled the road to Rich Swan's. I consider Rich Swan one of my very, very, very close friends. So with that being said, I mean, with, with the history that we've known, we've, we've traveled the roads together. We, we have jokes. I mean, he just needs to come home to Ohio. Uh, well, he... Come on, Swan. He, he, come on, Swan. He, he has not been very receptive to this idea up to this point. I mean, you guys are going to take... No, I... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, we've yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, he he hasn't been. Super, I know he hasn't been. Super, do you think maybe the approach is wrong here? Because again, like I'm intimidated just hearing you talk about it. I mean, it seems like with the three of you coming at him, shoving the shirt in his face. I mean, it's you know, it, it doesn't seem like the best. Maybe the best approach. Uh, well, maybe on the outside looking in, but we've known Rich Swan. We have the history. Sometimes you just got to go up to your friends and slap them in the face until they get some sense in there. Okay. Uh, well, outside, I mean, it sounds like you're dead set on, on getting Swan here to OVE, but it was you and Dave that re-signed together here, it sounds like, for multi-year contracts with Impact Wrestling. You know, we mentioned X Division. I, I see you as a centerpiece there. You could be an X Division champion. You say that your focus is on Rich Swan. How about you and Dave as a as a duo here, though? I mean, do you two have goals here in Impact still? As a as a as a team? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're gonna bring we're gonna bring the tag team championships back to OVE, and if if Rich Swan uh, doesn't join OVE in the end, and the X Division Championship is a part of us, then I'll go out and get that as well. And and so the is that... fact is is my brother and I will always be a team. Always. It's us versus them. We've always had that mentality. That's why it's for Ohio, 
So is part of this the fact that Rich has gold right now? You're trying to lure him in and bring that with? Is that, I mean, is that the impetus here? Is to, like, not have to be confident? Like, no, 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 no. We're, we're taking over everything. We said it from day one. People ask, well, what are they taking over? And the, the very first thing is, is we need to bring some championships back to Ohio. Do you agree with me on that? I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm here in Illinois. I'm very proud yeah, of Chicago. I think so. Okay. I think you agree with me on that. I agree. I think Jake, you agree that championships need to come back to Ohio. I, I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree with you, Jake. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank right. you. Uh, well, I want to flip over here a bit while I got you for some time and talk about uh, a little bit more about United We Stand. This is a big event you guys have here, WrestleMania weekend. Um, RVD and Sabu are teaming up to take on the Lucha Brothers. I mean, I feel like based on your style, RVD and Sabu have to have been influences on your career. What is it going to be like for you to be alongside them? You, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head right there, bud. Uh, I was the biggest, biggest Rob Van Dam fan when he was in ECW, I was a huge fan of Sabu as well. But I was an even bigger fan of Rob Van Dam. So tell and me I what... will be yeah, watching that match. I can't wait for that match. Lucha Bros versus RVD and Sabu. Now, talk, That's crazy. Talk to me a bit about, you know, you, you popped real hard there for the RVD stuff. I mean, getting to share a locker room with him, getting to wrestle on the same card as him. I mean, what is it about RVD? What are some of the moments and matches that really gripped you with this guy? Well, of course, uh, the Jerry Lynn, you know, hardcore heaven, you know, but uh, uh, the ECW coming to Dayton, Ohio, I remember going in the Heat Wave 99 uh, when it was at the Hair Arena and just brought back uh, great memories of Sandman coming through the crowd. Uh, RVD had a, he had a tag match on that show. I can't remember. I think it was him and Sabu versus maybe Hayabusa and somebody else. Okay. I can't remember. There are some wrestling peeps out there that are on their keyboards right now trying to find this match, I assure you. Probably. <laughs> but uh, Heat Wave 99 uh, was, was an amazing show that made me fall in love with professional wrestling and ECW brought me back into... Uh, you know, uh, back into the business of watching it again. That's odd. Of yeah. uh, pro wrestling has, uh, you know, there for a while. I took kind of a time off of uh, watching wrestling and kind of focused on baseball. Okay. And then uh, when I was a teenager, it was like, boom, you got to watch this ECW stuff. And I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. Yeah. And then I just, uh, just kind of fell in love with RVD style and wanted to kind of uh, create a style based off that. That and Bruce Lee. Well, I mean, you know, two big influences. You know, Rob is coming back here for United We Stand. I mean, any word? Have you heard any gossip about him maybe sticking around and having a couple more matches? Obviously, it seems like he would be on your bucket list. Oh yeah, bucket list. Uh, that that would be a huge match for my, my bucket list. But no, I don't. I don't get into no rumors like that or anything. I, I stick to my compound here in Dayton, Ohio. Now, I've got another United We Stand question or two here before we wrap up, but I want to talk about Ohio and your compound. Now, I was at the Impact VIP event in Nashville, and during it, there's like a trivia game that Ross Foreman hosts where we all got to answer questions. And, and one of the trivia questions was about you. And what I found out is, do you like own a tire store 
in Ohio or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I got a... Uh... I got a tire store and I have a computer store. Computer store is named Nerd Reserve. It's in New Carlisle. It's on the outskirts of uh, of uh, Dayton. It's not in Dayton. And then J and J Honkers is my uh, my tire business. Wow, actually in Dayton. That's that's awesome. I think it's really cool that you like have. I didn't know you had two outside businesses. I mean, what is it like to own? businesses and be a pro wrestler at the, at the same time how do you balance that oh it's you know i got a create i got a, a good team behind me that uh that i could trust count on rely on well that's good to hear i mean do you talk to wrestlers about yeah. this are there other wrestlers in the locker room they're like man you know i'm thinking of starting an outside business are you somebody that people go to advice for for stuff like this no, no, no one. I kind of keep my I keep my stuff to my myself. Okay. Yeah. No one, no one really knew that. Like that was one of the things that Ross was like hit us with. Uh, you know, uh, a question that fans uh, might not know about you, and I already hit him with uh, I collect Jordans. But uh, so I'm like, well, I guess I'm couple <laughs> that's really you know and it's not i don't know you guys are a very gruff group of men you know i look at you as kind of outlaws i wouldn't have i don't picture you as like a businessman running a computer store it's a little surprising to me to hear that i mean the tire store no it's a computer it's a it's a computer repair shop really okay yes that's awesome Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So wait. So what? So you talk about the compound. Like, are you guys? Are you gonna like pull? Are you gonna kidnap people? Drag them out to the tire store? Like, I mean, that sounds like a place well, where you. That sounds like a place where you bury bodies. Love, yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> those are uh, those things happen in Dayton, Ohio, time to time. I'm not saying in my business. Like, uh, don't get don't get the cops beating on my door. Okay, gotcha. But uh, yes, uh, those kinds of things do happen in Dayton, Ohio. Well, let's talk about scary things. Uh, your your OVE brother, Sammy Callahan, is going to be battling Jimmy Havoc at United, United We Stand. These guys are madmen, uh, known for hardcore deathmatch wrestling. Uh, you know, it's one of those things I've had a conversation with a couple guys now. I mean, is there a viable market for this kind of brutality in, in mainstream pro wrestling? What do you think about that? I, I mean, to each throne. I've I participated in uh, my fair share of death matches over the years, but uh, I, have, I have nothing, nothing bad to say about the, those guys who go out there and uh, perform. Is you know, it's to each their own. I think uh, some people might like uh, hokey kind of wrestling. Some people like their wrestling with an extra, extra, extra amount of blood in it. You know, who am I to say that those people were wrong or right? Okay, fair. One thing I always kind of get asked when I when I show people deathmatch wrestling or talk about deathmatch wrestling is what are what are those guys thinking? Like, can you tell? Can you take me into the mentality of a deathmatch wrestler preparing to go out there and like literally brutalize their bodies? Well, uh, you have to you have to have a couple bolts short. <laughs> Couple, uh, couple brackets uh, busted, or even you know loose up there to actually want to uh, get involved with deathmatch wrestling. So I mean, like I said, I mean I to prepare for one. It's kind of like one of those uh, 
preparing for the ultimate X. You never know what's going to happen until you get out there and, you know, you just cross your fingers and pray to whatever you believe in that, uh, that you come out in one piece. It's crazy. Hopefully you don't have a David Arquette moment is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I heard about it. I didn't, uh, actually see that footage, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame anyone that wants to, uh, to try deathmatch wrestling. Like I said, I've had, I participated in my fair share. I've had a few no rope barbed wires in my career. Oh my God. I had uh, barbed wire massacre. That's gross. So, I mean, it just, it just, you know, the, everything's got to escalate to that point that, uh, you don't really care to rip your flesh open or bleed. Okay. I will you just say, want to make that other person bleed more <laughs> or go through more pain than what you're going through. I can't get a flu shot, more or less. Think about this. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll flip oh, it. To- yeah, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's painful stuff, those flu shots. Um, I'll yeah, flip it to the other they, side. They are. They are. They're very, yeah, syringes, you know. Who are, you know, who was it? Uh, Outback Jack, isn't that his thing? Syringes or something like that? Oh, Jews. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh. I know my deathmatch stuff. Ugh. I know my references. I haven't heard that name in I haven't heard that name in a very, very long time. Yeah, there you there you go. I'm glad I popped you with the Outback Jack reference. Um now, yeah. on the other side of this coin, you guys are brutal. Joey Ryan is returning to Impact Wrestling at United We Stand. He's taking the place of Eli Drake in an intergender match against Tessa Blanchard. And, you know, you guys are brutal, scary men. Joey Ryan uh, he flips wrestlers with his penis. Um, what do you think of Joey Ryan, his style, and, and his return to Impact Wrestling? I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, him versus Tessa. I think they're gonna they're gonna absolutely uh, give a show. Uh, they are going to put on a show for sure. And as far as Joey Ryan flipping wrestlers with his penis, uh, he's he's flipped me as well. So it's pretty powerful thing he's got there can you talk can you you know i said take me into the mind of a deathmatch wrestler take me into the take me into what what happens to your body like when once you grab his penis and then you go for like how does that feel you know well for me it's it uh it numbed my whole arm going up into uh my shoulder and that's how he was able to uh to flip me i actually wrestled him in dayton ohio for um the for rockstar pro wrestling Okay. It was, a, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty fun match, and uh, the whole time you're just trying not to touch his penis. That's a very good. But somehow yeah, he yeah. always makes you touch his penis. <laughs> you know, they say study your opponent, come prepared, don't touch his penis. God, I accidentally t- I touched his penis. I lost the, the whole match. time. Yeah. The yeah. whole time. I'm in my own head thinking I can't touch this man's penis. I can't touch this man's penis. Yeah. I mean, which is, is not the the same mindset you go into every match. No. That's just a Joey Ryan match. You mm-hmm. just don't touch the penis. Yeah. Don't touch the penis. Over mm-hmm. and over, over and over, over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. over, over, over. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your hands on the penis and you're getting flipped and you're looking up at the lights. One, two, three. Yeah, it's crazy. No, tale as old as time. There. Uh, well, uh, I want to uh-huh. thank. I want to thank don't you. Touch so, the penis. Don't touch the penis. I want to thank you so much, Jake, yep. to, for taking the time here to talk about not just you resigning with Impact Wrestling, but uh, everything else. I'm actually on a personal note. I'm looking forward to seeing you 
Uh, this Friday, I'll be doing commentary for Warrior Wrestling. I know you guys are going to be taking on uh, SCU. Oh. Uh, that's you guys are main eventing. Yeah, that's gonna be a big match. You there, my man? Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that match. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. Bit of a impact AEW but, uh, showdown here, you know. Yeah, the crazy thing is, is uh, you've covered uh, covered a lot of things in this interview. Resigning Ultimate X championships. Don't touch a man's penis. It's a lot of a lot of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. It is, and with that, Rob Van Dam. Ah. Yeah. Remember when we started? I told you we we're going to go on a, a vocal adventure. I think is the way I described it. Yes, you you were you were correct, my friend. Thank you. I'm glad to hear you enjoyed this interview so much, Jake. Where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, all those great things? Uh, follow me at uh, DJ Chris on Twitter and Instagram, and that's, that's pretty much everything I got. I don't even really check those things. Probably should. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you got fans out there, buddy. No, I mean I know I, I retweet stuff, but you know I'm I'm a busy man. I I own businesses and can't be on my phone all the time. Can't be on you know, the employees like get off your phone. If I'm on mine, right? I want to thank Justin for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news. I loved the Impact WWE discussion we got to have at the end there. What a fun idea. You know, just maybe Abyss comes out. All the ideas I have of Impact guys popping up on Raw and SmackDown just tickles me, you know? Mm, I don't know. And again, it's it's more possible than... I mean, it's still fantasy booking, but it's all way more possible than it was three, three years ago. Yeah. Uh, what a time for pro wrestling. And on that note, what a good uh, pivot here. Uh, we have two big shows we're going to be covering tomorrow night uh, over on uh, WrestlingInc.com. Uh, first of all, I'll be doing commentary for Warrior Wrestling tomorrow night in Chicago uh, with Rich Bikini. The main event is going to be Brian Cage defending the Warrior Wrestling Championship in a fatal four-way against all three members of the Rascals. Cannot wait to see how that plays out. Uh, and, of course, tomorrow night is ROH's 17th anniversary pay-per-view. We're going to be doing full coverage uh, featured on the site, live coverage. Uh, the main event tomorrow night is going to see Matt Taven battling Jay Lethal for the ROH World Championship. Uh, of course, we had Matt Taven on the show earlier this week, so go check out that interview. Go check out all the interviews. Again, thanks to Jack Swagger and Jake Chris for helping us uh, wrap the week up here uh, at the Winkley. Justin, is there anything you want to plug promote put over here to wrap up uh, today's episode yeah i mean we're uh well, we're three and a half weeks away from wrestlemania and of course wrestlemania weekend's gonna be a great time i uh, hope to see everybody on wrestlemania day before the epic long event that it is uh join me in the parking lot of metlife stadium for the tailgate 55 bucks to register your spot spots are filling up every day so don't wait till the last minute 55 bucks get you all you can eat all you can drink um, it's gonna be a good time. You can just take a few steps into the in the building, and trust me, for fifty five bucks for all you can eat, all you can drink. I mean, you can you know maybe get two rounds of food and drink for fifty five bucks inside of MetLife. So this is the way to do it. That'll be a lot of fun. Go to tailgatejoe.com to register your spot. When you order, though, make sure you use the code one seven a seventeen a. Use that code uh, when you order. Look forward to seeing you there. Awesome. Yes, and I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but there is a storm whipping up here in Chicago. It is thunder and lightning outside of my window right now. I absolutely love it. What a great way to wrap up the week. I love storms. There's so much energy to a storm. Help me bring energy to the show next Thursday. Get in your mailbag. Questions, suggestions, talking points. Hashtag Winkly, W-I-N-C-L-Y. 
Thank you for tuning in all week long. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.